Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. Everyone who is chiming in, whether via audio or video today, welcome to Workflow Wednesday with the Boca Podcast and Photographer's Edit. Uh, I am your host, Nathan Holritz, and Rich and Heather Smith are here with us. Haley's out on vacation at the moment in the lovely Jamaica. Uh, we are joined, however, by a wonderful new guest, Jordan. Jordan, thank you so much for making time for the Boca Podcast and Workflow Wednesday. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. This is awesome. Well, and I'm going to let Rich introduce you here in just a second. But um, for those of you listening in, maybe for the first time, you're not quite sure what Workflow Wednesday is. Everyone who is a photographer and or owns a business is involved in workflow in some way. Our goal is to help you make that workflow just even a little bit more efficient. And um, each month we we have a theme. This month we're talking about marketing workflow. And uh, Jordan is here actually today to talk to us about Facebook ads specifically. It's a loaded topic, so we're going to go there here in just a second. <laughs> But I have to start with something that's um, kind of actually before I even do this for for the uh, live video. Obviously, if you're watching now, you know, Facebook.com slash Photogs Edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T. And then the audio version will come out a little bit later today, probably by about 6 uh, p.m. Eastern or so. And um, that'll go out at Boca Podcast. It's all involved. Even, even without Haley, she, um, you're going to get it out? I'm going I'm to try to make it happen amidst all my, all, all my duties. So we're going to try to make that yourself. happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, I have to, to clear up a little bit of um, not even a misunderstanding, but there's some conversation actually in the industry right this second. I don't know. Have you all seen, Jordan, Heather Rich, have you all seen the new uh, Boca Apple ad? No, no, I don't think so. No. Okay, so Apple, and we'll, we'll have to, maybe I can find it and link to the show notes today for today's episode. It's B-O-K-E-H, bokehpodcast.com is where we'll put the show notes for today's episode. Uh, but yes, Apple just released an ad. It's actually a really fun little ad, but they they allude to the Boca effect that you can now apply manually. You can manually adjust on oh, the new iPhone. I think we have seen this ad. Oh, and okay. the camera that like goes through like the the taxi and like and then like take a picture of a girl. This one's actually even maybe even more entertaining. Um, okay. It's oh. just if I can sum it up as quickly as possible. It's it's a couple of moms and they're um, one of them has a picture of their sons up on the camera. The other mom notices that the the mom holding the camera or the phone uh, has blurred out the background, and as a result, her son. And so she's. <laughs> Basically, like, how dare you boca my son? So they're actually using the word boca, B-O-K-E-H, as a verb, uh, which is creating conversation. But then it also okay. is a reminder of the reality, which is that the correct pronunciation of B-O-K-E-H is actually boke. Boke is a Japanese word originally, yeah. and that is technically the correct pronunciation. And so I just had to bring this up because I realized that we're not saying it technically the correct way. Um, the reason that we've stuck with Boca and and now for what two and a half years 
um, at this point. But the reason that we're, we're continuing to stick with, with the, quote, incorrect pronunciation of the word is just because it's easier to say. If I were to say, hey, I, I host this, book, this, this podcast, it's called Boke. People would be like, like, what are you talking about? Like, what does that yeah. even mean? And how yeah. presumptuous are you? Yeah. 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 So yeah, we're keeping it simple. It's a socially acceptable American way to say a Japanese word, you know. 100%. And There's, now Apple has kind of made it official, if you will. So, so, I just so these moms, these are not photographers in the commercial, and they happen <laughs> to know the term boca? I, well, obviously, Apple has set, set it up, but it, yeah. the, the conversation is kind of interesting because, you know, I mean, as as phones are um, have continued to become more and more powerful in their photographic capabilities, and now that we have this ability to be able to manually adjust bokeh, it's interesting to me how terminology that we wouldn't have used as consumers, if you will, mm -hmm. the market, yeah. in years past is now becoming more commonplace. And um, so the idea of even using the word bokeh is going to become more commonplace now, and not only as a noun, but also as a verb, which is quite humorous. But um, I'm kind of excited for what this might help us do with our SEO, too. I'm, we'll see how it plays out. But nice. People are going to be Googling Boca all day, and then oh, okay. your face will just yeah. keep popping up. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. maybe yours and Richard Heather's, too, hopefully. Yeah. Jordan, this is your area. How does Nathan capitalize on this? I know. <laughs> I know. We got some podcasts. We got some blogs. We got some Facebook ads. We got I like it. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you bring that up, Heather, because now that you say that, I'm thinking like this might be a really cool opportunity to mm -hmm. play on what is a temporary kind of a blip, a cultural phenomenon, the conversation around this, this particular ad and do something humorous, a humorous spin on it for the podcast. So yeah, thank you for that, actually. Oh, but, I'm here for you, friend. Um, and Jordan, we'll, we're going to actually get to you uh, in, in a more detailed discussion of Facebook ads here in just a second, but I want to let Rich introduce you first. So Rich, take it away. Oh, what's up, Jordan? Hey, okay. this is Jordan. Okay, back to you, Nathan. <laughs> That's the best introduction. I love it. Uh, so, uh, so Jordan, you are you. Uh, most of the time, we 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 uh, interview photographers, but you're not a photographer, right? I'm not. This is, yeah. <laughs> All right. I have a new book. Something on my phone that I don't. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not a photographer. <laughs> now, now, had you heard the the term bokeh before? Only because of this podcast. Okay, so there you go. There you go. Yep. Well, uh, you're welcome. So, <laughs> Thank you. That's educating me. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you are um, um, a marketing specialist, right? Mm -hmm. And yep. uh, um, and and you live in RV, right? Yes. And yes. Where are you? Where are you currently? We actually. So my parents came into town for um, the the holiday. So we're actually in a house. We're still in Breckenridge. So our RV is in Breckenridge, a little bit frozen down the road. And then we are in, you know, a really good Wi-Fi house right now, which is a really nice thing. But, Fantastic. Um, so yeah. you and your husband Pete work together. You travel together, and you run the business together. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and and, uh, you, and it says you guys are newlyweds. Uh, how long have y'all been married now? I don't know if we can claim that anymore. A year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Take oh, it down. Take it down. Well, we I, I think two years. Weds. I think I think I think if you act like newlyweds, you can keep it on there because yeah. like, uh, yeah. we act like newlyweds, right? We've been newlyweds forever. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're newlyweds until we're having our first baby in May. So then I feel like it'll transition to like new parents. Congratulations. New <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. All the That's focus true. will be on the baby at that point. But totally. congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. We're yeah. excited. Nice. Very I have cool. to I have to interject here too and throw in and the the Instagram account because we're we're talking about RV living just kind of like in passing nonchalantly but I am so fascinated by your Instagram yeah. account and not I guess not just the RV living and and your lifestyle but ultimately your beautiful dogs as well I have to say like that's part of the appeal for me 
Tell us about your dogs. They they pretty much take over our Instagram account. Um, they are like full on Insta pups, like know how to pose now. It's really funny. <laughs> I think my, sis- my sister-in-law thought we bought a sec- got a second dog just for Instagram pictures. Um, yeah. But we have two German Shepherds that live in the RV with us. And so That's Pete amazing. just took them on a little hike so that they're not all crazy because they like to jump on me when I do things like this. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, by the way uh, it's uh, Pete and Jordan. Uh, their Instagram is just Pete and Jordan because like yep. we're, we're mentioning your your Instagram and we haven't mentioned like how to find you. So yeah, <laughs> that's a good it's point. <laughs> it's PeteandJordan.com. And yep, then we're Pete and Jordan Twitter, everywhere. Pete and Jordan. Now, yep. now, uh, now, did you marry Pete because of his name? Because I, I, <laughs> I really, I really like that Pete and Jordan just has yes. such a great ring to it. It does. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. We, we actually had a totally different business name when we started our business together. And it was like very much like a Jersey short term. And when we started changing our thing, we're like, we'll just do Pete and Jordan. But when we first started dating, my dad told me I could never marry him because his last name is Jones. And now Jordan, Jordan's like, you're going to sound like a news reporter, like Jordan Jones with the weather. (laughs) I love the ring of it though. Uh, yeah, it, does, it really yeah. it does sound so good. It does. But is it one of those things too that where be, because you become known as Pete and Jordan that the last name kind of gets lost anyway, or or do people refer to your last name very much? No, probably people don't really know the last name very much, and it's funny because okay. a lot of times like I'll do something by myself and they're like with Pete and Jordan, and it's just like hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean our last name is Smith, and then you guys probably have the second most common American last name in yep. Jones. So, but yeah. Yep. So on um, on your, the website, Pete and Jordan, you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and that you love adventuring together and your sweet mm-hmm. rescue pup and um, that you guys are full-time RVers. And I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about your work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And do you have regular office hours every day or are you guys more spontaneous than that? I feel like to be a full-time RVer, you have to be just a free-spirited, laid-back person. And I was wondering how that works with your marketing business, yeah. whether you guys are super structured and organized or whether it's a little more free flowing than and, that. And, uh, and the Wi-Fi, talk about the Wi-Fi. That's like the number one question we get is like, what do you do for mail and Wi-Fi? Yeah. And, yeah. So we, I am like, I'd like to think I'm like super adventurous and free spirited, but I am such a control freak perfectionist. So the structure is something that I love and need. And when we first we had our business for two years before we went on the road. So we kind of figured out the, like, if I stay in my pajamas all day and I don't have a schedule, our business is probably not going to survive very long. And so we kind of came up with that, you know, when we, before we started RVing. Um, but what we, we learned a lot because we've been on the road for a year and a half now, the first few months of RV life, we were moving so fast and we really felt this guilt of like, how can we, you know, we need to have time for our business, but we're in these amazing places and we want to go explore. And how do you balance that? Like we felt like, you know, we'd feel guilt if we weren't working and then we'd feel guilt if we're like, you know, in this amazing, you know, place and we're not, not taking advantage, you know, we're RVers that sit in their RV all day. (laughs) So so slowing down has helped us a lot. And so we're actually in Breckenridge for four months. Um, So And we kind of like this pace a little bit more because it allows us like we do have a pretty routine schedule. I'd say like it's flexible each day, but um, Sundays are the only day we kind of last January set a hard stop of like taking a Sabbath on Sundays. So those kind of became our full on adventure days of like we, you know, it's so easy as an entrepreneur or business owner to always just let me just do this thing real fast or check something. Um, So in a lot of ways, it's great because I can adventure and then like go to a coffee shop and take a call. 
Um, but no, we're pretty routine with our schedule now, which is probably the lame answer, but <laughs> no, that's really helpful. I mean, I think that we all, I mean, any, all of us as business owners struggle with the work-life balance mm. either on one extreme or the other, I feel like. And so it was great to hear how you, how you handle that and your personality probably is part of what makes the business successful and growing. I would imagine, you know? Yeah. We like, I like Asana tasks and I like checking things off and I like having, you know, like I just, I have to. And I also think, I mean, when you're dealing with clients and it's not just our business, like we have a responsibility, like Pete has to be on Facebook pretty much every day to check ads and like optimize things. Or, you know, if we're just like, Oh, we're going to take a few days, we'll check in. Like that's not really serving our clients super well. So, um, you know, to some extent it might not be nine to five every day, which is the beauty of entrepreneurship. Um, but yeah, definitely need some kind of structure. <laughs> That's interesting actually, to think about somebody whose job it is to be on Facebook. Is he more or less likely than to get stuck scrolling on Facebook too? He, if he could give up all social media, he would. Oh, like, okay. I think he, he, and I, I think we're, it's funny because because we work on social media, yeah. we don't really like using it personally. Like okay. I probably sense. could go my personal Instagram and it's like months old. Um, <laughs> so we, yeah, I think there's actually some really good plugins and things that you can use that like block your feed. So thankfully Facebook ads manager isn't in the feed. So you can not like, you can work, you can work on Facebook ads without getting distracted by like cat videos all day. Nice. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, so what is your strengths uh, versus what, what Pete, what, what does Pete bring to the table? You know? Yeah. No, that's a really good question because when we first started our business, we tried to do everything together and check like, Oh, Hey, do the, like, I did this, look at it and vice versa. And it was yeah. the worst way to run a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we've kind of fallen into our own niche and, um, expertise, I'd say. So while we both run ads and do it, I'd say Pete's definitely more the back end. Like he, in ads manager every day. He's running our ads and our clients. And um, I'd say he's way more in the weeds of that. Whereas I'm much more client facing coaching part of it. um, And like the workflow tech systems part of it. So my jam, when we talk about Facebook ads, I think people just think about the ad itself. And that's why I'm really excited actually that this is workflow Wednesday, because it's not just about running a really good ad. There's a lot more that goes into Facebook advertising. And so my, I think we're I do the legwork is in like the landing pages, the email funnels, like what happens? Pete gets the people there to the ad. And then I do like the serve and the sell of like, okay, so what happens when you do get their attention and you do get them to click something? Um, So that's kind of where we split, I'd say. Nice. That's so important. Go ahead, Rich. Oh, well, thank you so much, Nathan. <laughs> uh, and speaking about your website, uh, uh, it sucked me on. I, I'm telling you, like, uh, if you, uh, our listeners, they really need to, like, go to your website because, mm-hmm. like, you have so, I, I'm sure you'll get into this, but you have so much amazing content on, on, on your website. Oh, well, thanks. Like, like I, I was like, I'm like, oh, this I need, be, to I need to read that article. Oh, yeah. I need to read this article. Oh, yeah. I need to implement this. I mean, yeah. wow. I mean, like, it's just, yeah, it's it's great. It's well, great. appreciate it. Stay tuned because we were totally redoing it, actually. Pete, <laughs> Pete, um, Pete is of the impression that, like, our website doesn't matter, but that's because we're, we got really good at running ads and we never, I'll talk about this, we never run an ad to our website. Ever. It will yeah. never, you'll never find an ad go to our homepage because right. we build landing pages and we build right. things really specific. And so right. we kind of put our website on the back burner because we, I just build landing pages and, you know, so it's, it's encouraging to hear you guys are still getting a ton of value out of. 
Um, the don't, that we don't erase it. Yeah. Just, just send it to us. Don't, don't erase it. Send it to us. And, uh, and what also, also, um, I just applied. Hopefully, you'll accept me. But you have a, you have a guess of a Facebook group uh, that's still active, like a, it's called Purpose Driven Profit. Yes. Um, and so, uh, and so, I actually just applied um, on Facebook. And so, uh, awesome. we'll, we'll, we will probably um, throw that link into the show notes as well. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's a good place. Like a really quick, like what? What's that about? Yeah. So the the Facebook group is, as you know, Facebook and marketing changes all the time, and so our group is a really good way for us to like provide education of what's going on in the marketing world, what's changing on Facebook, um, because they like to switch things up all the time. Yeah. And so the Facebook group is a kind of um, just cool community and free resources of ways to stay up to date of what we're doing, but also really what's going on in like the Facebook marketing world. Sweet. That's okay. great. And and there's something too about building community around a brand that you're developing that plays a significant role and is a conversation for probably multiple other episodes as well. I, I had to jump back though to, you were talking about the the relationship dynamic between you and Pete and the way that you determine what your, uh, I guess, relevant strengths are to the business and, and kind of focus on each of those. And I know that plays a significant role in relationships, uh, particularly if you're working with your significant other. But then the other thing that's really important to that is just this idea of delegation. Mm. Uh, and, and this is honestly, the, the irony is that um, having running a company like Photographer's Edit that is all about delegation, there was certainly still room for me to do even more within my own company. And uh, I've realized that even more as of late, and it's been so freeing and empowering to use kind of a cliche word these days. Uh, but but seriously, the, the freedom that it gives me to then focus on other things is just so empowering. So the idea that we all do the same thing together at the same time, not only is that not efficient, um, but it also doesn't allow us to be able to focus on our strengths. And I, I love that you guys are creating a little bit of division there for the sake of capitalizing on your own strengths. Uh, delegating in kind of a weird way. No, and yeah. I think our business has run more efficiently as a result. Oh, it's yeah. totally, it's changed our business, how we do it. Cause I think we were just doing a lot of double work and like, mm. I'm not like, I think it's okay to not be the expert at everything that your business does too. Like mm-hmm. I would rather Pete be really good at what he owns and me be really good at what we own and like know enough of each other's to make it all come together and work. But, um, it's no, it's, it's given me a lot of freedom in a lot of ways to, get really good at what I love to do instead yeah. of trying to do like every aspect of hundred percent hiring a yeah. VA is really good for that too. <laughs> yeah. And that, that is really good. Actually, we just had um, a, a company on the podcast just recently talking about the significance of a VA and it's um, that, that, that's something I maybe wish that I'd had the opportunity to take advantage of back when I was shooting weddings as well. Mm-hmm. The ability to be able to delegate to a team member, even if you can't hire or afford to hire somebody on full time, it just it makes such a massive, massive difference. So that's yeah. great. I, I, and again, we could spend a lot of time talking just about that particular topic. But I want to keep moving because I know this Facebook ads topic is going to, it, it's a loaded one. Even with the time frame that we have, we can only go so far with it. But I want to be right. a room for lots of questions and kind of back and forth. So before we do that, though, it's something I wanted to, we're kind of ever experimenting with the format of this show, if you will. And uh, in order to maybe encourage more people to join in to, to the video, the live video, um, I'm, we're experimenting with something called show and tell. And mm-hmm. I know that we, we talked earlier about the fact that you're not a, a professional photographer per se, but the reality is that we're all kind of photographers at the end of the day for business owners mm-hmm. because we're creating content in one form or another, right? Yeah. So I'm curious what, maybe besides your phone, or maybe it is your phone, but what is the 
piece of gear that you use most often or is your favorite piece of gear when it comes to photography? So I think what I use most often and what I, what I love the most are different because I think the phone's so easy. Okay. Um, and I've started to try to prioritize like using our actual camera for things. Um, cause we do, I don't even know where it is. We do have a camera. Um, but my favorite gear is this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for those of you listening, is, is that a Fujifilm? Is that an Instax? Yeah. Okay. So Fuji makes, makes these Instax, both the printers. I actually, in fact, let me one second, I'll grab mine. I have it yeah. right. Literally oh, right twins. here. Yeah, absolutely. So I have just a printer that I can repo- oh, uh, awesome. print from uh, via Bluetooth from my phone. But that's kind of cheating. Is it cheating? <laughs> yeah, because the beauty of a Polaroid is you can't fix it and you can't do it again. This and is true. Fair that's enough. That's why I love, like you should, I should share, I'll have to send you a picture, but in our RV, like our last year of travel, we would take photos in like all the places and people that visit us or things. And our whole fridge was just covered in Polaroids. And I think for me- yeah especially someone that's not a photographer, like I'm still working. Ashley Garrity's still helping me. Like I'm still designing my album for my wedding a year and a half ago because people just don't print things. But I like by doing this, we actually have, I just love having our, um, you know, the Polaroids of our experiences and the people that have visited us and we've met up on our, like we have it on our desk, we have it on our fridge. So this is by far my I, you I would can't have, change it. It's, it's, it's you're kind of stuck with it as it is. No, I, I like the raw element of just a snapshot that you can't control yeah. very much, and that is brilliant. We'll link to both the, the camera and the printer in the show notes. Mm-hmm. You're talking about those Polaroid snapshots on your fridge. I've got a countless number of Polaroids from this printer on my fridge as well. I love it. I think there's something so beautiful about the raw nature of a snapshot, whether we took it with our phone or, or with a, a Polaroid mm-hmm. camera. Um, it's not perfectly framed or color corrected or otherwise. It's just about having that image and the memory associated with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. We should all do it way more. So that's cool. I love that. So th- I, yeah. Yeah, I think this is good too. We, we need to make the show and tell. Rich and Heather, prepare for next week because I'm going to want you to share, do some show and tell too, I think. It's awesome. Yeah, I think. I think as too, like we look back at our Instagram and like we can look at our memories based on like what we've posted. And it's always like the really, usually the really awesome parts of RV life and our, our Polaroids like, Oh, our pipes are frozen and like we're stuck in the middle of like that's when we take our Polaroid yeah. pictures. So it's kind of like we look back and we're like, this is our life and this is what's up. yeah. So nice. yeah, we, have, we, have two, we have two daughters and they both have um a, a instance ca- instax camera. It's yeah. great. They they both yes. love it. They both love it. So yeah. uh, they're best. There's so I much think fun. The photographer in me wants to figure out how to get the photos to not be terribly overexposed or terribly underexposed <laughs> because so far that's what we've gotten. Good, good like, luck with that. You're outdoors <laughs> in the sun, the photo is so bright you can barely make the outline of a person. Like there's got to be. We're, we're we need to probably spend some more time with that thing, learning how to maximize. <laughs> there's some, like three settings on here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. enough for you, Jordan. Three yeah. modes. Yeah, I get like a flower mode. I'm like, I guess that means I'm outside or like a <laughs> one. I don't know. The photographer in me twitches a little bit sometimes. But Where's I, the manual I, mode? We want the manual <laughs> mode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There, there's an adventure. There's an op- business opportunity for you. There manual you mode in Stacks camera. There you go. Yeah. That's actually very true. They, they are fun regardless. And the pictures that yeah. come out of them are pretty yeah. great. We we have, my kids and I actually have a tradition of of taking a selfie every year for for Christmas with our Santa hats on usually the Christmas tree in the background. And then that gets printed. And we have this whole series from the last, um, I'm actually about to print it a little late, but the, the most recent one from uh, December, a couple months ago, and put that on the, the fridge. So I think we'll have five, a series of five of them from the last five years in a row. They're all taken kind of in a similar That's way. It's awesome. a lot of fun. I love um, it. I'm just going to enter this little side note in. We, we have some pretty terrible weather in Chattanooga right now. And yep. I just heard quite a bit of thunder outside. So there is a 
chance that we may lose power and things may just go kind of crazy and the show shuts down. So I'm going to give everybody a heads up. Um, and if for some reason that does happen, uh, we may, what we may do is just kind of reschedule and come back around to this at a different point um, for the sake of just not knowing exactly what might happen, how long the power might be out. But I just want to throw that out there in case anybody's watching live, they know what happened. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into the topic for it today. Could be snow. It could be snow. <laughs> we only, we can Why? hope. I'm like, it, it's ne- well, oh, actually, no, in all seriousness, it won't snow so bad. So Rich and Heather homeschool their daughters. My kids are in the public school system and there's talk about the possibility of actually shutting down school because of flooding the rain. There's something so much rain. So oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like we got like a multi-day monsoon. What's that? So if you want snow, come to Breckenridge. We've got a lot of snow. <laughs> You've got a little bit? Yeah. A yeah. little bit. Can you ship well, some to us? Because I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> let's let's for the sake of time though i'm just going right. to jump right in here um <laughs> before we do get cut off with some electrical outage <laughs> and, and let's talk about i mean our theme for this month as i mentioned is marketing and more specifically marketing workflow the goal mm-hmm. of course is efficiency facebook ads you know, the reality is of course we can't cover the topic in the 35 minutes or so that we have left but um, i want to at least give everyone a bit of a teaser, some information that might get them started in the right direction. And of course, link them to the resource, which is your website, so they can get more. But talk to us just a little bit about, and, and this may be um, an obvious thing for a lot of photographers. I would hope at this point, most photographers know that Facebook is actually a wonderful opportunity as far as marketing is concerned. You can run very targeted ads to your potential clients. Uh, but maybe I, I, I want to let you sum up the benefits, if you will, of Facebook marketing for our listeners, just in case they're not yeah. aware, if you will. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I kind of frame it in ter- terms of some like the biggest frustrations that we hear and kind of why people like wind up talking to us is I think people get really tired of not having control over their own pipeline and like how they're going their business. And so they either want to, they want to go full time. They need to get booked out. They want to increase their prices or change cities or do destination. And like by this, so they know they need marketing um, and it can be, you know, people can get frustrated just feeling like they have to get into a contract with something like the nod or wedding wire. And, and, you know, you just pay every month and you don't really have control over the types of, brides that you're getting. Um, you're also kind of like side by side with all of your competition. And so, um, I think the real benefit of Facebook ads is it, it's more than just an ad to attract someone. It really gets to tell like your unique story as, you know, what sets you apart. And so you, if you can kind of, we kind of see it as a three-part thing person is like, if you can target the right people and get their attention. And then the second part is being able to, show, you know, how you solve their problem and what you're unique, you know, what makes you guys different and why should they hire you want to work with you. And then the third part being that, okay, they're interested, like, how do you convert them? That's really the workflow and like the systems part of it. If you can bring that all together, you just, the opportunity, I think, to have control over how you grow your business and who you work with and like, you know, the budget that you spend on that. Um, Facebook's, in my opinion, just the best opportunity to do that. So we okay, love so ads. <laughs> you just you summed that. I'd like the summation though. That the three primary points. That, that the first goal with the Facebook ad is to get attention mm-hmm. um, of the right people, like the targeting. The right and I, yeah, and maybe you can comment on that briefly too, because I mean, I, I at least from my perspective and my experience, when I look at something like Google, for example, Google mm-hmm. ads versus Facebook ads, one of the advantages of Facebook ads is the incredible amount of control over who I allow to see those ads. 
Like it's extremely, extremely targeted. Would you say that's one of the major benefits of Facebook over any other platform? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think what's interesting is Facebook and Google have totally different intents. And so when you're advertising on Google, you know someone's interested ideally in what you're doing because you're you're bidding on a keyword. And so someone's bidding for wedding photography, right? Or, you know, Chattanooga wedding photographer. And so, you know, if they see you, like they're already interested in that. So it's easier in ways to target the interest, but you're not targeting like the type of bride or like, you know, it's, you know, and you're still usually side by side with your competition because a lot of people are bidding on those words. Right, I think right. the cool thing about Facebook is if you can do it really well and target the right people, um, you're not just getting anyone that's searching for it. You're, you're kind of breaking their scroll. You're kind of interrupting. So like they're not actively searching. So you need a little bit more typically nurturing. And so workflows are actually, I think, more important when it comes to Facebook ads than other because they're not necessarily doing their wedding research at the time that they're scrolling. Mm-hmm. But if you can like get their attention in that way, it feels, I think, way can feel more way more organic because you're not searching. It's just like, oh wow, these people are actually what I'm looking for. How did they know that? And you know, it if you do it the right way, um, you know, you can really stand out, I think, on the Facebook platform more than you can on something like Google. That that makes sense. And I, and again, I love the distinction that you create there. I'm curious, I mean, again, this would probably be a topic in and of itself, this idea of getting a potential client's attention. In some ways, I wonder if maybe it's not as complicated as I see it in my head. I I look at all of these things from the standpoint, the perspective of a business owner. So even if I'm seeing ads come through my feed, I know what they're doing. And in some cases, they still get me. Like I'm still clicking on that link and I might go buy the product, but I'm still very aware of what's going on and what it looks like behind the scenes. Do you think that most potential customers um, look at these ads without that kind of awareness? And does that enable us to be able to grab their attention with content a little bit more easily than we think? Or what what are your thoughts on your perspective on that? I think that really depends. I think, I think kind of what you're saying is like, do they see the word sponsored and be like, Oh, that's an ad or like, Oh, cool. This is the right kind of person. And they're still interested. Like, does that affect it at all? Yeah. Um, Just, I mean, like if you see, if they see a cool video, are they just, are they drawn to that? Not consciously thinking about the fact that this is an ad, but more just because they're taken by the content Yeah. Uh, versus somebody like myself or Rich and Heather or yourself for that matter, who see that and they're like, Oh, that's interesting. And look at the copy that they used. And yeah, um, oh, this is, yeah, it, it's, we're thinking it for, thinking about it from a different perspective. So totally. And I think people get nervous, like, oh, if it says sponsored, then, you know, it's, it feels less authentic or whatever. I think the truth is that in this day and age, like any brand or business that we see on Facebook is a pay to play like platform pretty much. Um, and so we're, we're, we're used to getting like ads and things in front of us. And so if it, it's actually one that is relevant to us and it's content mm. that we're looking for, I actually think that can be a really good type of affinity to have is, um, and I think Nathan, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It really comes down to the content too, is, you know, you don't necessarily have to be like a now booking click here, flashy, you know, all that kind of stuff is it might just be starting more top of the funnel with something that is like, here's how to book a wedding. You know, what questions do you have about booking your wedding photography? And it's, you can still go like the value route, right? And then you build the trust and retarget. And there's a lot of fun things you can do with Facebook ads that don't necessarily go for like the kill right away. Um, I see you lighting up as you're talking about it though. Like this is, this is what you love. And I love doing this. (laughs) But no, I think it's, Facebook's just a really cool opportunity to like, I think, I mean, it's meant to be for connections, right? So if you do it the right way, um, they want to, and Facebook will reward you for content that 
connects because um, there's things like the relevant score and stuff. So if you have like you, I know you do video. So like if you have a really sweet video, like, and that's what's connecting with people and you use that for an ad, Facebook's going to reward you by getting more results, getting them at a cheaper cost because they, they, that's a factor that goes into all like, you know, what you wind up paying for and the results you get is it's all about engagement at the end of the day. Like whether it's organic or paid, they want people, they want people to stay on their platform and be happy with what they're being, the content they're being served. I wonder too, if um, with Facebook specifically, if there's a um, maybe a greater opportunity for those who are willing to put in a little bit of extra effort, because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs and photographers First of all, Facebook doesn't have the novelty, cool factor that it once had. That has worn off. And there are other social media platforms that have that are a lot more attractive. Mm-hmm. People are like, if they're more hip, whatever. Um, and so people have migrated and navigated away. And also, mm-hmm. I know there's been a lot of frustration, too, with Facebook changing their algorithm and a lot of businesses being frustrated with that and feeling like, oh, it doesn't really matter what I post because very few people are going to see it. So I'm just wondering if possibly the opportunity is even greater for the ones who are willing to hire someone like you and Pete, put in a little bit of extra effort in marketing well on Facebook because there's just a smaller percentage of people who are actually doing that now. Yeah, I think... I mean, the frustration is real because the organic reach is about 2% on Facebook yeah. right now. And so wow. um, you think of something like workflows or funnels or having an email system where like your average open rates usually in the 20s, like 25, 26% is kind of like industry standard. Yeah. Um, so if you have a hundred, a thousand people on your email list versus a thousand people that like your business page, the effort there is is totally different. You like, you don't want 20 people to see your post. So it's... Um, yeah. It is pay to play, which I think frustrates people. But to your point is, Heather, there's a huge opportunity if you do things the right way. And that's kind of like, I know we're going to dive into some mistakes people make and how to do it better is just by doing a few things differently or just by like, for instance, you know, use Nathan as an example, like if you make a video, like something like using a video in an ad versus just a stock image or something that's random, there's a little bit of effort can make a huge difference because people... A, they don't know what they don't know on Facebook. So they don't really know what they can do to kind of one up. But a lot of people just click the boost button and they call it a day. And so there's, you leave a lot on the table. Um, So if you can even learn how to do a few things yourselves, I think there's um, a huge opportunity to like get a leg up with Facebook ads. That's so true. And and you, you keep mentioning the significance of video. The, the ad with the most engagement and certainly some of the best, if not the best conversion rates that we've seen at Photographer's Edit uh, was just simply a video of me. Uh, Rich and Heather were actually alluding to a, a picture of my kids. It's just me with standing in front of the picture of my kids in the background talking about the significance of freedom for the sake of time with the important mm-hmm. people in our life. And it was, it was very personal and, and certainly it comes from a, a very personal and, and deep place. It wasn't, it wasn't hard selling, right? It was talking mm-hmm. about personal experience and ultimately why the Photographer's Edit brand even matters uh, in the first place. And yeah, video connects that, totally different way than hundred percent, especially if it feels, I I see that people are, and we talk about getting attention. I I think more and more people are realizing the significance of a kind of a raw, uh, I'll put in air quotes, natural Mm. feeling to a video where it looks like you are just like flipping the camera on and talking to it. Some Mm. of it again, seems fake and I can see through it and it seems fake. I don't know if the average consumer can or not, 
but I, I do like something like that where it doesn't feel forced. They're not forcing this idea or this product down my throat. They're just having a conversation with me. And at least the idea behind that is good. But you mentioned, I'm just going to go back really quickly to three components of a Facebook ad. Number one, getting attention. Two, being able to effectively communicate what makes us unique. We talk about brand position a lot on the podcast. And, um, and I will continue to harp on it because I think it's really important, especially when it comes to marketing. If if our listeners are in any way confused about how to communicate effectively about the value their brand brings, that might beg the question, what is the purpose of your business in the first place? And, and it would encourage them potentially to take a step back. In fact, for those listening in, if you don't know what your brand position is, number one, look up that phrase, understand what it means in depth. Um, and the reason I'm not sharing that that uh, definition on air right now is because I, I do want to encourage you to dig into it a little bit. But uh, we also have some podcast episodes. If you just go to bokehpodcast.com and search that, there's some information there. But what I would encourage you to do is, is take the time to establish a very clear and distinct brand position and don't use the same words and phrases that everybody else is using, you know, relationships. We like to focus on relationships. Yeah, so do 20,000 other photographers. That's not a brand position. We have good customer service. Yeah, so do 200,000 other photographers. They, they say they do the same thing. Find something that actually creates distinction that allows you to stand out from your local competition and stand on that. Once you're clear on that and you can communicate it in a sentence or less, then when it comes to communicating your unique value proposition to a potential client, it's so much easier to write copy for that particular ad, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. And copy, I mean, I would argue copy is more important than your targeting. I think people get really hung up on like, I need to have the right target. And like, I'll talk all about targeting there. I mean, there's good and bad ways to do it, but we've run ads that have zero targeting and it's all in the copy. And because like the content that you deliver can, it should attract the right people and repel the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And so I think kind of to what your point, Nathan, is like a huge benefit of really knowing your brand, what your position is like the PAS models kind of like problem agitate solution. Like what yes. do your clients need? How can you like really bring that? How can you make them aware of that? And how can you provide the unique solution? hundred percent. I mean, that's just marketing in general, right? Yes. Yeah. The conversation that Haley and I have all the time, because if you, for those listening in, if you follow book a podcast on Instagram or photographers, particularly the book, book a podcast and the post about book a podcast and the photographers edit Instagram, you'll notice that the copy for those posts follow that follows that very model. It's to present a problem. Uh, a, a problem that likely at least some of our viewers or fans have. And then, as you said, agitate that, kind of build on that a little bit, build, create a little bit of angst, mm -hmm. then tease the solution to that problem with the episode that we're sharing and uh, do so in such a way that's compelling enough that somebody's going to be like, oh, my word. Yeah. First of all, I'm feeling the pain they're, they're mm -hmm. describing here. Now I want to click on the link and get to that podcast episode so I can find out the solution because I need a solution to that. Yeah. And that really at a very base, at a very root level is, is marketing summed up. So I think I, yeah. I love that you brought that up. And that works. It's the same with ads, like with workflows, with ads, all of that. I mean, you, especially when it comes to us, like not everyone knows they want to learn Facebook ads. A lot of people are like, I don't want to learn Facebook ads. I'd rather right. hire someone. And, you know, yeah. if, we, if I could just say like, are you tired of paying the not $700, you know, or like, you know, whatever it is, or getting yeah. stuck in contracts and yeah. pre shopping and ghosting mm -hmm. and like, they're like, yes, I've gotten on calls. People are like, I feel like you just spoke right to me. And I feel like whatever you're doing is made for me because you just That's hit cool. checklist. And it's, um, you just, I think it's realizing it's not like always about us. Like it's, it's positioning what we do in a way that solves like what their biggest frustrations are. Yes. Yes. That's a good summation. So getting attention, 
the unique value proposition, mm -hmm. and then ultimately conversion, um, which is a loaded topic in of itself. I wouldn't <laughs> even start to go in there because I want to make time for what you were alluding to just a second ago, which some of the are some of the biggest mistakes that photographers are making in their effort to use the Facebook mm -hmm. ad platform now. So it is becoming a more well-known a platform for photographers to try to get clients. Some are beginning to use it. You hear of various educational courses or individuals who are, who are selling the service of managing ads for Facebook photographers, or for photographers on Facebook rather. <laughs> uh, but what would you say based on your experience, particularly coming from the ad world, mm -hmm. are some of the biggest mistakes that photographers are making in that process? And then how can they go about solving those problems? Yeah, and I think um, it's interesting because we do see a lot of photographers starting to use ads. I'd say like 80% of the people we work with are, are photographers. Um, and it's awesome because I think, you know, as an industry, you guys see the value of marketing and, you know, you like investing in that. Um, but like we kind of, what we were kind of alluding to with Heather earlier is there's a lot of ways that you can just make small differences that'll really make a big difference in the end. And so, yeah, yeah we have kind of five things I'll share, um, and we can dive in as much as you want, but, um, kind of five mistakes that we see people make and then ideas for what you can start to do to get a leg up because you're not going to make the same mistakes after you listen or watch this. So, I love this. It's a list. I love the list. I feel like we should say like um, five, five mistakes photographers make. You won't believe number four. And people will keep on listening, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the number one that I see all the time, and this is usually because people don't know how else to start advertising on Facebook is that they only boost posts and mm -hmm. Facebook is smart. They know how to get you to spend their money. They know they say, Ooh, this post is doing 80% better than your other posts. Click here to reach a thousand more people. You're like, cool, 20 bucks. I'll throw it. And it's, it's not bad in the sense that you are going to get brand awareness, but I don't think people realize like that's, it's the tip of the iceberg of what you can do with Facebook ads. And so boosting posts, make it really easy. Your Facebook makes it easy to click that little blue button, you know, spend 10 or $20 and reach more people. But I'd really challenge you to think like, what is your goal? Is it just, if your goal is to get more engagement and reach boosted posts can work. Um, but you lose, you lose a lot of the options that you get within Facebook's ads manager um, because essentially a boosted post is going to optimize for engagement. It's a paid post engagement objective. Um, and so a lot of times people are like, I feel like I just boost posts and I kind of like donate my money to Facebook because it's not actually driving results. And that's probably true because you're not optimizing for inquiries or results. And so um, I would challenge you to... Don't get scared. I think people like log into ads manager and want to cry and they exit out. Oh um, yeah. That's quite involved. <laughs> yeah. So I, if you I have, I have many cry sessions, many cry <laughs> sessions. <laughs> well, I promise it's not as scary as it is, as it seems. And we, and I'll, I can send you some good, like kind of starting points of um, getting started in ads manager without wanting to cry. But I think if you can commit to just learning how to run an ad in ads manager versus boosted post, the control you have over your objectives, your targeting, um, your creative, the testing that you can do is just um, a totally, it's leaps and bounds from what you can do with just clicking the boosted post. So that's my, the number one mistake that no more, I joke with Pete, I'm going to get our clients because I'm a Harry Potter fan, shirts that say, I solemnly swear to never click the boost button again. Ah. So 
that's that's what I tell people that they have to they can't, <laughs> they can't learn from us and keep boosting posts. By the yeah. way, you mentioned Harry Potter. Have you ever listened to the audiobook version of at least the Sorcerer's Stone, the first book? Oh, it's been a long time. My college room, it was like, or my one of my college best friends like listens to that every night as she goes to sleep. I the the guy who and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The guy who who reads that book, his voice is he, his voice acting is some of the most incredible I've literally ever heard mm-hmm. in my life. It's his voice is great to listen to the wonderful warm British accent, but then he does the voices for mm-hmm. the various characters. My kids and I are li- literally listening to it right now, like we're little bits at a time. <laughs> it awesome. is so awesome. So I'll yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I know we were limited on time. Let's go to number two. (laughs) So number two kind of goes along with one, but it's using the wrong objective. And so obviously if you boost a post, you don't get to choose the objective. It's just going to optimize for um, engagement. Uh, But if you go on, and we actually have a whole blog post I can share, but it's just how to choose the right objective. And Facebook, there's there's reasons it gives you options. So if you're looking to drive more traffic, if you're looking to get video views, if you're looking for leads or conversions, um, maybe it's just local awareness. Like there's options for all of that. And when you use the ads manager, um, depending on what objective you choose, the options you'll have for how you create your ads are going to change as well. Um, and so before you ever run a campaign, the first thing you should think about, and when I say objective, I just mean, what's your goal? What is the goal for running this ad? And so every time you have a different goal, you should have a different campaign because it's going to need a different objective. Mm-hmm. So if one goal is just to get a lot of videos on this, you know, a lot of views on this video that Nathan did, then that might just be a video view one. But if you have one that's like you're booking and you want to say, you know, whatever it might be, that might be lead generation. And they should be separate because Facebook's going to optimize for those separate objectives or goals. So really thinking about what your goal is before you advertise um, and create any campaign is, is really important. And I love this point of conversation because it's so reflective of the, the point that we make a lot in the podcast, which is the significance of understanding the bigger picture and l- allowing that to drive literally everything you do in business. There, there's going to be minimal confusion and minimal waste of time if you're very clear about the objective that you're reaching toward, whether that's a year away or two years away or five or 10 years, financial goals, time goals, those if, if they're actually established, will literally drive everything you do. I think a lot of photographers are not used to functioning in that way. And so this idea of creating an objective um, is maybe a, generally a foreign concept to them. And so it's good that we're having this conversation for the immediate conversation, the context of the immediate conversation, but it's a reflection of, of how we can more effectively run our business as a whole. So I'd, I'd love mm-hmm. that you bring that up. Um, all right, let's jump to the next one. Okay. Number three is not using the Facebook pixel. I think this is another thing that makes people want to cry because people yes. are like, either what in the world is your Facebook pixel or that sounds really scary and techy and there's, I'm going to hire like a Facebook ninja to do it for me. <laughs> and I promise it would take you five or 10 minutes to install on your website. We have, I think actually that's one of the few things, like one of the resources we have on our website is how to install your Facebook pixel. Okay. Um, we have it right on our homepage, but it's, okay. it's a huge, it's Facebook's free tool. Like you're not paying any money. They give you this amazing free tool Um, And even if you're not utilizing it to its ability now by putting it on your website, it's going to give you so much more power and data when you do start to use it. Um, And I can't tell you how many times I go to people's websites and they, they, because we have a sneaky tool that tells us who has their pixel or not. It's kind of (laughs) big brotherish. I've seen, I've seen people that teach Facebook ads, not have their pixel on their site. And I think, yeah, that gets me all riled up. But I think, (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's one of the, it's, it's free. It takes 10 minutes and it can make a huge difference um, as you start to get into like a little bit more advanced things like retargeting 
or building up custom audiences, um, you're just missing a huge opportunity by not using your pixel. You're just kind of picking and choosing, oh, this might be a good audience or this might be a good interest. Um, and your pixel will not only give you good data about who that is, yes. it'll, it'll just give you way more opportunity like to, to retarget or to build um, audiences and target people similar to people that you already are attracting. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I, I know that, uh, and again, I'm glad that you made a distinction between Facebook ads platform and Google earlier, but I, I do think in this case about Google Analytics and the significance of the data that you can capture when you install their code in your site about your client or potential client behavior on your site, how they find you, how they actually engage with your site. And ultimately what I'm getting at here is the significance of data, making intelligent decisions based on inform, actual information versus just kind of venturing a guess here and there and acting accordingly, we can actually act on data. And that pixel is extremely powerful uh, for helping us capture the data that we need to then effectively run an ad campaign. So that's that's great. Yeah, and that's, I mean, in a very big brother way, like Facebook has a lot of information. And so if you kind of give them like access to your site in a way, like that's kind of how they can essentially map who's visiting your site or your Instagram or whatever it might be or who's engaging with your ads and map it to the real profiles of people on Facebook. And like that, that's how the data gets really powerful is, um, is the pixel. And it's this little tiny piece of code that makes a huge difference. So (laughs) please, if any, if you do anything, if you do anything after this, if I can give you any piece of advice, take 10 minutes and install your pixel on your website, please. Good. That's great. Okay. I know that you've got five, so let's jump to number four. I'm going to skip to number five because you just said it is not analyzing your data. Ah, okay. So I think, and again, this kind of goes along with people that just like, they just boost posts and they don't, it's like, okay, I got, I reached X amount of people and that's kind of it. Um, you're really scratching the surface and, you know, we never run a campaign and then just be like, okay, wonder how that, that's it. Okay. Like we, you have to, you have to look at what your cost per result is, um, who you're reaching. And like, there's, there's kind of this constant optimization with Facebook is it's not just a plug and play. You don't just turn something on and you never touch it again. Um, and the way that you optimize and get better is looking at what your numbers are. And I think part of that comes to knowing what your numbers are in your business too. So you might think like, if I say I would spend, I would spend $300 to get someone on a phone, on a phone call with me because I know what our services cost and I know what my conversion rate is. And so I know what my number is to like how much I'd pay for a lead, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I think part of that is like, know your numbers in your own business. um, And then know, like, I think people get scared of spending money on Facebook, but if you can analyze your numbers and, and how that's, you just, you have a lot more transparency, I think of what your true ROI for things are. And, um, you know, maybe this ad works a lot better than this one. So you kill that one off and you just, you know, run with the one that's half the price or something like that. But you have yeah, to actually look at the data to figure that out. It's so true, but it, it's almost it's almost easy after that. I mean, after you, the reality, as you pointed out, and, and this is why wonderful people like yourself, Jordan, exist, is getting it set up, set up and running and then proactively managing it too in such a way because there are continued changes on Facebook and uh, different data to look at and different types of ads to run and retargeting to run. And I mean, it is, it is quite involved, but mm-hmm. I will say, especially when it comes to the data that once it's all set up and running, it, it's like candy on a tree. Sometimes yep. the way that you can look at that data and intelligently act on it. It's awesome. Um, we had at photographers edit in the last year uh, or so we have 
we have collected and used data more intelligently than we ever have. And it's really, again, to use that, that cliche term, it's so empowering as a company to be able to, to use that data to make intelligent decisions. And I'm not talking about collecting individual people's data. I'm talking about just looking at, at the, the numbers coming in mm-hmm. and acting accordingly, making intelligent business decisions based on those numbers that we see. Uh, purchases with particular services and trends. And I mean, the list is extremely long, but using, to your point, using that data intelligently is it makes, it it turns what can be a bit of a frustrating and stressful um, idea of being an entrepreneur, a business owner, it can kind of turn it into a fun game because Mm -hmm. now you have the information and you can actually act intelligently on it. And you're no longer just guessing, which I think is part of the reason a lot of business owners are stressed. They're guessing. They don't have mm-hmm. a good handle on the numbers mm-hmm. and what they're doing in their business is largely a guess. So this is, again, it's a loaded topic, but I love that you highlight that. And I think it's one that, that we can't get enough of. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, it's not specific to Facebook, like send a bunch right. of different emails and look at which ones have the best open and click rates. Like, mm-hmm. is it your more personal ones where you tell your story? Is it the promotional ones? Like there's the more that you know your data, the more you look back at things, you'll figure out what's working and what's not. And I think to Facebook's credit, a huge benefit that you have with Facebook advertising is you're not putting a billboard somewhere and hope, you know, I wonder what, how many people are actually coming in from that. If they don't actually tell you they came in from this billboard. Right. So you can, you see really clearly uh, the, the results that you're getting and you can, you know, you have a really clear understanding of that, that I don't think a lot of other marketing, um, you know, plot, like ideas or strategies can give you. Sure. Well, and you mentioned something else that I'll just uh, reiterate really quickly is that the the choice to spend a particular amount in order to convert a client um, is going to be specific or, or unique, at least in some cases, many cases even, to your particular business model. Mm-hmm. So it is important to understand how many impressions it required in order to convert somebody and then ultimately how much you you spent as a result and you know that i mean you pointed out earlier you're happy to get a client for 300 bucks because you know how much that client is going to spend down the road with you on mm-hmm. average uh, being aware of that data again is really really important and so don't just don't just go by averages because you can do a google search and look at the average oh don't do that per, yeah <laughs> you can look you can find an average cost per conversion but the reality is it's going to be more specific to your business model so i, I yeah. love that and what's point. crazy is I didn't run an ad for calls. I ran an ad for like a free training. So mm-hmm. the free trainings probably we got for 60 cents, but I knew my pipeline and I knew my numbers enough that like, yes. if I got a hundred people on a training and it cost me 60 cents, that's awesome. I'm glad to get, you know, cause now they're on my list and now I can nurture them and serve them. Mm-hmm. But from there, then they got into an email series that then invited them to book a call. And so this whole workflow that we had, like I still knew because of the pixel and all the tracking, like I still knew when they, had this custom conversion down the line, I can track it back to that original ad, even though that wasn't the goal. Like that wasn't yep. what the ad was for. If that yeah. makes so, this is good. We've got about five minutes left, and I know I you skipped more. four, so let's go back to four. Yeah, what so is that? I can't believe that you like made number four the last one. You like skipped number four. <laughs> I think, wow. I think I knew we were going to like really play up number four. So I had to, had to go in there. Um, No, number four is that people only go in and they, they do cold traffic targeting. They just kind of go interest and they target, they they plug things in and um, they kind of, again, goes along with the pixel, but you know, building up the like, know and trust factor doesn't just happen in one ad usually. And so um, it might be like, I think a huge way to, 
a good way to run ads is to have retargeting campaigns. And so maybe thinking about what your funnel stages look like. And so if you're not familiar with a marketing funnel at its core is it, you know, looks like a funnel, but it's awareness, consideration and conversion. And then if the new funnel kind of goes out and does attention and retention and um, kind of like promotion from there, you might think about um, cold traffic as people that you're just trying to reach for the awareness. You're trying to build your brand and get them to know who you are. But then at the consideration stage, if you retarget them, like now they already know who you are and now they, you have a little bit more trust and you can serve them a different way. Um, and then obviously before conversion, I think a lot of people try to convert cold traffic all the time, which can work. Like we always still test cold traffic. Um, but having the pixel allow you to, to a retarget and have, which is warm traffic. So people that already know you from whether it's your email list or Instagram or, you know, visiting your site, um, and then there's a different kind of cold traffic on Facebook called lookalike audiences. Mm-hmm. So they're technically still cold, um, but they're based on a source of warm traffic. And so you have a custom audience that might be your you know, website traffic, for example. Um, and you say, hey, Facebook, this is these are the people I want to attract more of. And maybe I have a thousand people in that audience. So I don't want to just retarget because that's a pretty small audience. They'll create a lookalike based off of the data that they have in the source audience. And so lookalikes, they're still cold. They're just better. Instead of taking all of Facebook's data that it has, right. it's it's a more select like starting point, I would yeah, say. Even yeah. more relevant than, than that yeah. original old group. Yeah. Yeah. This so. is good. I man, I honestly I wish that we could spend another hour or so. I know, I know. And I, I just talk Facebook ads all day. <laughs> Number it's four such, is life-changing. <laughs> it, it really is such a loaded topic, but the cool thing is that you do have resources available. So yeah. I'm going to make sure to link to those um, in the show notes, bocapodcast.com. The show notes will be up uh, today, Wednesday, February 20th by about 6 p.m. Eastern or so, 6 or 6.30. Um, will you just reiterate, Jordan, where we can find you, on, for where our listeners can find you online, both social media and then the website as well. And of course, we'll link to these in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. So we're really easy. We're just Pete and Jordan, A-N-D, not ampersand or anything like that. Um, it's PeteandJordan.com, at Pete and Jordan. Um, if you take a look at our website, I mean, we're really easy to get a hold of on Instagram too. Shoot me a message. Um, if you're looking for a specific resource we talked about, and Nathan, I can send you the links for like how to add your pixel, how to choose the right objective. Because um, there's some blog posts that are, you know, totally free resources that we have out there just to help you kind of understand how in the world to get started on Facebook ads. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, I think giving yourself, I would t- encourage people like just start learning. Uh, we're a big, like teach Amanda fish. And so um, I think people get really scared thinking that, you know, you're already wearing a million hats in your business and you don't mm-hmm. really want to take on Facebook ads, but I'd encourage you to think about it because you have a lot of control so much of what you need to run an ad, you need to run your business. Like you need to know your positioning. You need to know your numbers. You need to be able to communicate the PAS really well. Yeah. Um, and so if you can just figure out like the tech part of Facebook and how to do that, you know, the sky's really the limit for what you can do there. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I mean, awareness is really key at the end, right? Even if I, I would still encourage our listeners to, to take advantage of services from companies like yourself that, that can do it for them mm-hmm. just for the sake of delegation. But at the end of the day, a certain level of awareness of how the system works and the principles that drive that, I think, are truly important yeah. um, because it does. It gives you a perspective that enables you to top down. I mean, I, I'm 
wonderfully privileged in that we have Haley on our team who heads up digital marketing at Photographers Edit and oversees the podcast as well. And, and because I have a general idea of marketing principles and the way that the Facebook ad platform works, I'm able to freely come up with ideas because then she's in implementing yep. and I get to delegate that to her. And, and um, I'm, again, I feel very lucky to be able to do that, but taking advantage for those sole proprietors who are listening in who don't have a head of digital marketing on their team, they should, I think, at least look into the possibility of taking advantage of services like uh, yeah. like the one that you all offer because it allows them to take one more thing off their plate and think about the more about the big picture, which is really important yeah. to running a business. So. I, yeah, I need to give Haley a shout out because that's, I think, how we like even connected at United. Yeah. I got retargeted because I was at United and I was the <laughs> local and I got retargeted with Nathan popping up on my Instagram with like a little ad and I went up to you and I was like, this is so good. I'm so proud. Like, this is awesome ad. And he's like, all it's her. All Haley. That's, awesome. <laughs> yeah. oh, Haley. that's awesome. Oh, shout out Haley. We Thanks miss you, Haley. Uh, yeah. Haley, I mean, if you look at her Instagram stories for today is, is sitting on the beach in Jamaica, enjoying some vacation, uh, much needed, much deserved vacation time. So um, major props to her though, for all the work that she's done. And uh, it, it's been, it's been actually quite enjoyable to learn the process along with her. Uh, but she's done a wonderful job implementing so much of that. So, uh, but I, back to you, Jordan. Thank you so much for making time for yes. the podcast today for Workflow Wednesday. Uh, for those listening in, we are actually not going to have an episode next week. I'll be on the road for WPPI. Uh, so we'll be coming back in March. And um, But in the meantime, make sure if you haven't had the opportunity yet, go check out Pete and Jordan's website, PeteandJordan.com, Instagram, Pete and Jordan as well. We'll link to all of these resources in the show notes. I'll put a few brief notes from the conversation in the show notes today as well. And um, make sure that if you are listening on the audio, you can check out the, the video version, facebook.com slash photogsedit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T. And the other way around, if you're not listening to audio, make sure you go to bocapodcast.com. We link to some of the popular podcast players and uh, there are over 200 episodes, 230 episodes at this point uh, or thereabouts. Lots and lots of information out there. And uh, this is definitely, I would venture this is going to be one of the more popular ones yes. uh, as of late. So thanks for so much for, for making time to share with us, Jordan. Have Everybody have an absolutely, absolutely wonderful Wednesday. Yeah. So Thank good you. to see you guys. Thanks so again, nice Jordan, you, for having Jordan. me. Nice seeing right. you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.